Hi, this is Mark, lead pastor of Lux Digital Church. I want to thank you for joining us today and also invite you to join with us live at twitch.tv slash Church every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. EST. Thank you for joining us and please enjoy this message. Hey, church family. Uh, my name is Mark, or The Lift in chat. I'm the pastor here at Lux Digital Church, and I want to welcome you and say thank you so much for being here. Um, get some amens in chat. Thank you to Janie, who is willing to lead us in a time of prayer tonight. And you might be coming in and being like, why do we spend so much time praying? Why do we spend and dedicate such a chunk of our service just to pray? And it's because that we believe very passionately here that prayer works. Zal XX, good to see you. Welcome to church. So glad to have you here with us tonight. My name is Mark, and it's a pleasure and a joy to have you here. Um, if you're here for the first time tonight, guys, I just want to say thank you for being here. Um, we appreciate you. You are honored and special guests, and we're so glad that you're here with us tonight. And if you are here for the first time and you're lurking, I want to challenge you. Take a first step with us tonight. Say hello in the chat. All that we want to do is say thank you for being here. Drop a follow here on the stream, on the channel. <laughs> All we're going to do is send you a Discord message tomorrow, or I'm sorry, a Twitch message tomorrow, inviting you to come and join us on Discord. We're so thankful that you're here with us. If you're joining us later on as part part of our on-demand family over VOD or podcast or YouTube. Thank you so much for being here, but don't let this be the end of it. It's awesome that you're joining us afterwards, but there's something powerful about being here. There's energy in the chat when you're here live with us. It's not like your typical online service. There's a lot more that goes into it other than just hearing this message time. So come and join us next week on Twitch at 8.30 p.m. EST. There's a link in the description of this video or episode or in the panels below. Come and join us live next week and come and join us in Discord. Don't just spectate church. Come Become a participant in what God is doing here at Lux. He's moving in magnificent and awesome ways through the lives of a lot of different people. We're going to hear from one of those people at the end of service tonight as Bougie comes in to join us. Tonight, we're wrapping up a collection of talks called Me to We, where we're talking about the power power in the importance of community and of relationship. Pray for my Uber Eats driver to bring my food to me safely, Zhao. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's worthy of prayer there, my friend. Lord, be with the Uber Eats driver. Bring the food in safely. <laughs> so we're closing out this series and collection of talks as uh, as we're talking about the importance and power of relationships. And we've talked about relationships of encouragement, and then we've taken some time to talk about um, relationships of belonging and then relationships of challenge. Tonight, we're going to end that collection of talks by talking about relationships of legacy. But before I dive into that, I want to tell you a little bit about what we're going to start talking about in the month of October. I announced this earlier in the service, but if you're joining us on demand, we're going to be diving into a brand new series starting next week called Ghosts. And in this series, we're going to be talking specifically about pain and the pain that we suffer in life. Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people and good things to happen to bad people? Why is it that the world seems so random and chaotic and unpredictable? Why is it that it doesn't seem like there's justice or rules by which our world is governed by? Why is it that some people are getting hit by a hurricane right now and some people aren't? We're going to be discussing that a little bit. This is a question that every world religion has faced. Every single one of them has had to come up with answers for. Most of those answers have been inadequate, and we're not going to answer all of the questions over the next four weeks, but we are going to dive into what God might be doing through the per the pain that you're currently in or the ghosts that are haunting your past, the past pains, the past hurts that you might still be carrying with you today. So please come and join us. Jenny says, please pray for my sinus headache. My hair even hurts. Jenny, I'm so sorry to hear that, that you have that sinus headache and, and we're praying for you that you'll feel better. Amen for my burgers out. Absolutely. Um, so uh, tonight, what I want to do is I want to jump in and we we want to close out this collection of talks talking about relationships of legacy. Before I do that, I want to highlight our key statement for this series, the one thing that links everything together, which is this, together is greater than alone. 
together is greater than alone. Now, we've talked about this before. This is one of our core values here at Lux. We truly believe that life is better lived together than it is solo. This defines our culture and our community. We do things together. We don't play the lone wolf. Even me, I'm deeply involved in the community of the church. I do life with people. I confess my stuff to people. Other people hold me accountable and lift me up and encourage me. And we want that for every single person who's part of our church. And we believe that there are relationships that are actually outlined through different people's lives in the Bible that are important for each of us to have. So throughout this series, we've been looking at the life of a man named Paul, who was originally known as Saul, and we have been discussing how his life was impacted before very specific relationships, those being Silas, Peter, Barnabas, and tonight, in a few minutes, we'll turn our attention to a new relationship. But I want to highlight a quote and put it up on screen. It's a quote that has been really powerful in my life. And it's given by a guy named Charlie Jones, better known as Charlie Tremendous Jones. It says this, you will be the same person in five years as you are today, except for the people that you meet and the books that you read. You will be the same person in five years you are today, except for the people that you meet and the books that you read. Now, Charlie passed away in 2008, so perhaps maybe he would retroactively or go back and amend that statement to say, you'll be the same person five years from now except the people that you meet, the books that you read, and the Netflix shows that you watch. But my point is, is there are inputs in our life, and those are only the really the only things that change our life. And for this guy, for Charlie, he believed that the things that had the greatest impact on our life are people and books. Now, I believe that wholeheartedly as well. There's been books, specifically the Bible, that's had a tremendous amount of impact on my life, but there's also been people, people that have shaped who I am, for better or for worse, throughout my life. Who I am today is oftentimes the product of the way that people have interacted with me, people that have poured into my life. If you think back over your life and think about a few sort of catalytic moments that shaped you and changed you, you'll also probably be able to identify a handful of people who either poured into your life or pulled from your life in a profound way, in a way that impacted you majorly. Maybe this was a pastor, maybe a mentor, maybe a teacher, maybe a parent, maybe a sibling. But you already have people in your life that if you look back on your life, you would say, I would not be the person that I am today without the influence, the words, the attention, the intentionality of these people. Now, I'm much the same way. There's lots of people throughout my life that have had an enormous, I look like Will Wheaton. Thank you, Zal. I appreciate that. There's people in my life that have had a tremendous amount of impact on me because they've intentionally poured into my life. Let me give you an example of two of them. In college, uh, I was in a relationship. That relationship came to an end and I was pretty broken up about it. You know, I kind of felt like maybe this was the one and uh, it was pretty clear maybe this wasn't going to be the one. And I remember one night I was at a guy's night at a Permani Brothers north of Pittsburgh and I was gathered there with some friends and I told a buddy of mine who was a few years older than me and kind of led the guy's night, I am just going to have a long, sad 
winter. Yes, I was the angsty, dramatic person who would say things like that. I literally bought a copy of The Grapes of Wrath and had begun reading it. I mean, how ridiculous. Like, it's like, I'm just going to be sad and read The Grapes of Wrath all winter. As it turns out, The Grapes of Wrath is pretty boring and it's super sad. So that's what I was doing. And my buddy, Sam, he looked me straight in the face and he said, that is the dumbest idea I have ever heard. <laughs> and, and, and at the moment, it seemed a little bit harsh. Because to be honest with you, I was kind of looking forward to a few months of wallowing in self-pity because I had been broken up with. But that moment, that comment gave me the kick and butt that I needed to change my perspective. And I went from being the person who was going to spend a long, sad winter reading The Grapes of Wrath to deciding that I was going to have the best winter that I could have that year. My perspective shifted because of the input of this individual in the impact of this person on my life. As a product of that, I went home, I changed my perspective, I changed my attitude, and I was healthier as a product of that. When I went back and I talked to the girl that had broken up with me a couple of months later, and we decided to sort of see if we could get things to work out, instead of coming back, dragging myself as a pathetic heap, trying to get back into the relationship, I was able to return to the relationship healthier. And a couple years later, I married my wife, Jen. I married this person, we broken up and got back together. But, but my life was forever changed. The trajectory of my life was forever changed by the input of one person who cared enough about me to look me dead in the eyes and tell me that I was being a little bit stupid. Specifically, it was the stupidest thing that he had ever heard. Now, whether that was true or not doesn't matter. The point is, it had an enormous impact on my life. Now, that was a momentary comment, but there's been lots of people who've had long-term impacts on my life as well. If you listen to my teaching and were around my youth pastor at all, you'll realize that a lot of the way that I teach and the passion that I, I teach with, I, I picture myself when I preach as pouring myself out until I'm empty. That's the same way my youth pastor preached growing up. When I took a job out here in the small town that I live in uh, 12, 13 years ago, almost 13 years ago now, um, I became the youth pastor out here and the pastor of the church, his name was Chris Marshall, still is the pastor of that church. He wasn't just my boss, he became my spiritual mentor, uh, uh, somebody who poured into my life, eventually my spiritual father, my leadership, my teaching, my, my, uh, my structures, the things that I build, the way that I live my life, my example of integrity is all modeled after him. In fact, the quote that I used tonight from Charlie Tremendous Jones is used because I heard him use it dozens of times over the 11 years that I worked under him. People have an impact on our lives. But what's important to recognize in that is that in the same way, we can have a dramatic impact for good or for, <laughs> for, good or for bad in the lives of the people that are around us. And those relationships are vital and important, not just because I'm saying that, but because that's how Jesus lived as well. See, Jesus, who we follow and we worship, and you may not be a Jesus follower, and that's okay here, but we as Christians model our life after the teachings and the ways of Jesus to the best of our ability, and maybe you've been to some churches that haven't done that very well, but here at Lux, we really truly are passionate about looking at the things that Jesus did and actually practically modeling our lives after the ways that Jesus lived, not just paying lip service to it, but actually intentionally living our life in a similar way to the way that Jesus lived.
And Jesus lived his life with 12 individuals intentionally for three years, pouring every waking moment into them. And of those 12, there were three. He would teach the crowds and then he would gather with the 12 and he would pour into them and he would intentionally invest his lives into them. He didn't work at building himself up. Instead, he worked at giving himself away. Jesus' life and ministry was largely about relationships of legacy. It wasn't about it wasn't about building a process or establishing a business or starting a religious nonprofit. No, Jesus was intentional about simply pouring things in to the next generation, giving things away, pouring himself into other people, and in that way, his legacy was carried forward by those he had poured himself into. And in the last comments that Jesus made to his twelve closest friends and his gathered disciples. In the end of the book of Matthew, it says this, which really solidifies it for me. It's this. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This wasn't a request. It wasn't a recommendation. It wasn't just a command for the religious elite. He didn't come out and say, hey, uh, John and uh, Bartholomew, you guys show up for one hour a week on Wednesday night and put some money in the plate. And then Peter, I want you to go and make disciples of all the nations with the things that John and Bartholomew give you. He said, it is for every single one of you. If you call yourself a follower of me, of Jesus Christ, then it is your job, it is my job to make disciples. This is the heartbeat of the church, the banner of the church, the mission of the church. There's no reason to do church if we're not doing this. Church growth means nothing if we're not making disciples. Church growth means nothing if we're not baptizing people. Church growth means nothing. More people in the stream means nothing if people aren't learning to follow Jesus more. And that doesn't happen because I preach sermons. It happens because you and I intentionally pour our lives into people and we carry the banner of making disciples upon each and every one of our shoulders to tell people about Jesus, to baptize, and to teach people to do everything that he has commanded. In fact, I'll go far as, so far as to say this. If you have no one that you are discipling, you're being disobedient. That might seem harsh and it might seem a little critical. Let me say it again. If you have no one in life that you are discipling, you are just being disobedient. When we talk about the Great Commission, you should have someone that comes to your mind that's like, bam, that's the person that I'm discipling. Bam, that's the person that I'm pouring into. Bam, that's the person that I'm, that, I, that I'm giving my life to. Bam, that's the person, my legacy, the person that I'm handing things off to. If you're not discipling somebody, if we're not discipling someone, we're just outright disobedient. We call ourselves followers of Jesus, but then we do not do what Jesus said that we should do. It's hypocritical. And Jesus wasn't the only one who believed in these relationships of legacy. Paul, who we've been talking about for the past three weeks, also believed in relationships of legacy. He invested himself, pouring himself out into other people, specifically into a young man named Timothy. 
Now, Timothy grew up as a follower of Jesus. Believe it or not, his parents, some of probably the very first people in the Middle East to accept Jesus, to convert to Christianity, he was raised inside that home. It says that his parents were believers, and at a young age, Paul recognized the potential in him and began pouring into Timothy. Let's take a look at a passage from the book of Acts at one of the first meetings between Paul and Timothy. Paul came to Debris and to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers in Lystra and it I don't know that word is ichnum, uh, spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him alone, along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in faith and grew daily in numbers. After this, Paul took Timothy under his wing and traveled with him. He would go from place to place, and he and Timothy together would minister to the churches that Paul would start. Eventually, Timothy would be trusted to take letters that Paul had written to churches and and give them recommendations and suggestions and strong language to correct them. And then eventually, Paul would start churches, and he would leave Timothy behind to pastor them and to lead them, even at a very young age, because Paul looked at Timothy, and he recognized that something And it was important. This is so important that in the very Bible, we have two letters that Paul wrote to Timothy himself to encourage him and to strengthen him. We see these in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 18 to 19. Let's look at this together. It's the last scripture for tonight. Paul says this, Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the fraught prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well, holding on to the faith and a good conscience which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to their faith. All throughout Paul's letters, we see these types of references to Timothy as he encourages him and strengthens him, pouring his life out into him. Because Paul not only recognized the potential in Timothy, but he invested in him to draw out the potential that was in Timothy. In the same way, this burden that Jesus carried to invest in people, to invest in relationships of legacy, and that Paul carried are handed down to us. Listen, you cannot overestimate the impact that Jesus and Paul have had on our world. I can't even get into it today, but to imagine Western culture without the influence of Paul and Jesus, is it, we just literally cannot do it. It is so interwoven into who we are as a people, the influence of these two men's lives who believed in relationships of legacy, who poured into people, and whose legacy now echoes to us and says, pour into people, disciple people, give your life away, invest in somebody. So often our world is about building ourselves up and making ourselves happy and getting the job and getting the this and the getting the that. And that and the words of Jesus and the way of Jesus is so powerful. It's just, it's just coming to us and saying, listen, you don't need these things that you think will make you happy. You need to give yourself away. You have to pour yourself out into the lives of people. Life isn't about what you accumulate. It's about the people that you care for. It's about how you empty yourself out into your brothers and sisters. Please, disciple, please care for people. Love 
people. The things of this world that you pursue are perishing, but souls are eternal. Bring people into the kingdom of God. Bring them into salvation. Eternity rests in the balance of us giving up the desire to pursue self and instead invest in others. Now, I believe there are two things that happen when we focus on relationships of legacy and pour our lives out and give ourselves away. The first is this. Relationships of legacy enhance our lives personally. Listen, the world is full of messages about getting ahead, about self-improvement, about whatever, about the next vacation, about the next experience. And I'm not saying that any of those things are bad. I enjoy many of those things. And in fact, most of them are good. They're just not the goal. Guys, there's lots of things in life that are good that aren't the goal. Lots of things in life that are good, but they're not the goal. When we live our life pursuing experiences and money and the next thing and possessions or whatever, what it ends up oftentimes doing is leaving us instead of satisfied with this deep feeling of no satisfaction at all because we focus on self. Instead, what we do is we build something that we never intended to. Let me just say this. I'm going to put it on the screen because it's that important. I don't want to mess it up. A life focused on self, self-promotion, personal growth, enlightenment, happiness, etc., results in a shallow, uh, a hollow shallow personal godhood that perishes with us but a life focused on legacy results in impact now and echoing impact that outlives us let me say that again a life focused on self self-promotion personal growth enlightenment happiness etc results in a hollow shallow personal godhood that perishes with us a life focused on legacy results in impact now an impact that echoes and outlives us if you look at the life of Jesus and Paul, you have to recognize that when they poured themselves into others, that that was carried forward into the next generation and to the next generation and to the next generation. There's benefit for yourself in investing in relationships of legacy. The second thing is this. The second thing is this. Relationships of legacy help grow your faith relationships of legacy helped to develop and grow your faith. When I was uh, a youth pastor and I served as a youth pastor in a physical church for six years and I have people come to me and they said, how do I grow my faith? How do I develop? How do, how do I become closer to Jesus? I would just say, come and serve in our sixth grade ministry. I, I would literally put them with our sixth graders. Why? Because I knew that within a couple of weeks, one of two things would happen. Either they'd be going to their Bible and they'd be searching. They, they would never have been more hungry for the word of God before. Before they couldn't find time to read their Bible. Now they kept going to their Bible because their sixth graders are asking them questions that they don't have the answers for. Or they never prayed, but now they're literally praying that they don't have to yeet some middle schoolers out of the church building. And sometimes it was a little bit of both. A lot of groups had the kid that you wanted to throw out and the kid that was asking you challenging questions together. Because when we exercise our faith, when we put it to work... When we put it to work, we grow, we grow, we develop. Listen, if you want to get fit, like if you want to work out, you got to put your body into work. You don't just eat. So many Christians think that spiritual maturity and spiritual like fitness, spiritual health comes by sitting in church. It doesn't come by sitting in church. That's not working out. That's just eating. If you just gorge yourself on spiritual food, you don't get spiritually fit. You get spiritually fat. You have to actually put it to work. You'll never need to know the Bible. You'll never be hungry for the Bible so much as to when you invest in a relationship of legacy and you begin discipling somebody 
And, and listen, I know, I, I hear your excuses, right? I'm too new to the faith. I don't know the Bible well enough. I'm not very articulate. I'm not very good with relationships. All of the excuses that we might have in the world do not compare to the command that Jesus gives us to make disciples. And, and you're not going to get it right right away. You don't show up to Planet Fitness for the first time and bench your weight. You work towards those goals. And the same way in our spiritual life, we work towards those goals. But we have to put the mass to work, guys. And some of you are sitting here like, man, I just returned to faith last year at Lux. And I, I wasn't in the church for 10 years. I don't have any mass. I don't put anything to work. Yes, you do. You got to put it to work. You got to start exercising it. You can't just sit on the bench. You got to begin investing. You got to begin finding someone that you can pour your life into. Listen, relationships of legacy have shaped our world. There was one time when we didn't know what mushrooms were good to eat and what mushrooms weren't. And somebody gave up their life so that we learned that. And then it got passed down. I'm Imagine if it never did, we'd still be foraging and poisoning ourselves. Our lives are built on thousands and thousands of years of human experience of trial and error that have been passed down from one generation to the next. And in, by the way, hi, Ryan. And in the same way, we need to have people that we are emptying, emptying ourselves out to and pouring ourselves into. Relationships of legacy. We all need relationships like that in our life. We need people who are encouraging us like we talked about. We need people who will challenge us so that we'll, our faith will grow like Chino Mage talked about. We, we need people who will make us know that we belong. We need a place of belonging like I talked about a couple of weeks ago. We need those things, but we also need people that we're pouring into. So my question for you tonight is this, who are you pouring into? And if you don't have anybody, who are you going to pour into? Like, who are you gonna invest in? Who are you gonna disciple? Are you going to sit down and read the Bible with? I don't know who that might be for you. I know for me, some of, the, some of those people are you this week. Some aren't, but some of those people are you this week. Some of them are my daughters. Some of you have kids in your life, man. You invest in them. Pour into them. Don't let their life flash by without telling them about your faith, without raising them in the way that the Lord has for them to go, without investing yourself in them. It's our next step this week. It's this. I will invest in a relationship of legacy or I will find one this week. I don't know who that is for you, but I hope by this time next week or the week after, that when you hear that question, you'll have a name. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for being here with us. Thank you, Lord, for your presence being in this room and being in all of the rooms that are scattered across our church. We love you, Father. I pray now, God, that you would indeed invest in and help us to find those relationships of legacy. I thank you for the people who have given their lives to us, who have invested in us, who've poured themselves out into us so that we can be who we are today. Help us, Father, to carry their legacy forward and to pour ourselves out into someone else. Help us, Father, not to just be a church that expects people to show up to church, but to be a church that truly makes disciples, that make disciples, that make disciples. Help us to be obedient and in accordance with your command to go and make disciples of all the nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to teach them to do everything that you've commanded us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Lux Digital Church. If Lux has been having an impact on your life, I want to encourage you to visit us at luxdigitalchurch.com and get connected to our community there. We're so thankful for you, and we appreciate you. Have a blessed day and a blessed week.